0: Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. That is linkedin.com slash trial for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash trial and get started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Hello, everybody. Peter Greenberg here on this Friday afternoon as I'm sheltering in place in my home in New York. And I hope you're doing the same wherever you happen to be as we all attempt to get through the coronavirus crisis. I thought it would be a good idea to give you an update on all the news that's happening in the world of travel. Most of it not happy, but most of it important for you to know, to share, and then to adjust based on your own circumstance. So let's first start out with the industry itself. Basically, it's come to a standstill. It's essentially collapsed. We're talking about 50 million jobs at risk globally. Uh, What's even worse is that in the United States, we will lose 4.6 million jobs in the next 10 days. That That goes across all the sectors. What many people don't remember, or they don't even realize, is that travel and tourism is the largest industry in the world. It's one out of every 10 jobs. It's more importantly, one out of every five new jobs. And as a result, a lot of people are gonna be suffering. Let's start, first of all, uh, with the airlines. And remember, this is not uh, trickle-down, this is tumble-down, so fasten your seatbelt. United Airlines, an 80% drop in their international service, more than a 60% drop in their domestic service, and that number is only gonna get worse. In fact, it would take me longer to list the places that United's not flying now than the places they are flying. Delta Airlines started this week by parking 300 of their planes, They ended this week parking 600 of their planes, and it's only going to get worse for them. And of course, we also have American right behind them. Plus, people forget, in the year leading up to the coronavirus, we already lost 31 airlines around the world, not to bankruptcy, but to liquidation. So what the coronavirus has now done is it's been the tipping point for many other airlines that may not come back. Remember, liquidation means you don't come back. And there are airlines right now on the brink of liquidation. There's Norwegian, there's Air India, there's Alitalia, there's Hainan Air in China, and many of the other Chinese airlines as well. So there's an issue right there. But the real problem right now, what about the other big airlines overseas? Lufthansa has parked 600 of their planes, and their chairman has already said when they come back after all this is said and done, they'll come back smaller. British Airways has said to their 45,000 employees, we're in a fight for our life and we're not coming back the same way. So what we're on the verge of seeing over the next weeks and months is consolidation in the airline business we haven't seen in the last 15 years with no new entrance on the horizon. So that's gonna affect not only the way we travel, how we travel, it'll also affect how we pay. And we'll talk about that in the weeks to come. Uh, Then there are the hotels. And the hotel situation, we have another problem. Uh, the hotels have asked for a $150 billion, or I should say $250 billion bailout. The airlines asked for 50, billion, and I'll talk about that too when we come back to that. But all the hotels, the big ones, the Marriott's, the Hilton's, the Hyatt's, the Intercontinentals, they are all shuttering hotels as I am speaking to you. Here in New York, the largest hotel in New York, the Hilton, closed. Uh, we all know what happened in Las Vegas. They were at 4%. And started closing the hotels even before the governor ordered them to close all the other hotels. For the first time in recent memory, the entire Las Vegas, not just the Strip, is dark. Uh, The hotels have asked, again, for the $250 billion bailout. But what's crazy here is think about the number of rooms we're talking about and the number of jobs. Marriott alone, 1.4 million rooms. And all the ancillary jobs in that sector associated with that. It's the maids, it's the guys who buy the food, the guys who drive the trucks, the dry cleaners. I don't have to tell you how many people get into one room before you ever stay in it. Those people are now looking for jobs. Now, it's even worse than that because what many people don't realize is that the hotels I just mentioned, the brands I just mentioned, the Hilton's, the Hyatt's, the Marriott's, they don't really have a lot of equity in the hotels. Of the, of the thousands of hotels that Marriott manages, they might own maybe a piece of about eight of them. That's it. So it's management contracts. Now, they're their employees, but it's still management contracts. They don't have to worry about the assets. The assets have to be worried about by their owners. Who pays their mortgage? Who gets them bailed out? Again, we're going to see consolidation like we've never seen before. Marriott came into this with about 31 separate brands. I don't think they're coming out of this with 31 separate brands. And then we've got to come to the cruise lines. And the cruise lines are an interesting situation, because they've also asked for a bailout. But let's do a little history here. Normally at a time like this, there would be 365 ships sailing the oceans of the world, representing all the different brands. Now of course, they're parked, they're docked, or in some cases, they're drifting. As I'm speaking to you now, there are a few thousand passengers, many of them Americans, on ships that countries will not allow to dock. They're still out there and haven't been able to get back. A lot of the other ships they parked in uh, south of Freeport in the Bahamas, where a lot of the cruise ships have their, or cruise lines, have their own private islands. You know, Stirrup Key and, and, and other keys. So they're st- still there with full crews on board, and they're not going to go anywhere for a while. Now, you may remember the cruise lines said they weren't going to sail for the next 30 days. Let's not kid ourselves. They're not sailing for the next 90 because it takes a while to ramp up. Even if we get out of this in 30 days, they're not sailing for the next 90. Plus they have another image problem and a sea that's a little bit more difficult to navigate than the hotels and the airlines because the airlines are considered essential to the infrastructure of our country. They are part of the supply chain. Hotels, essential to the economy and the business of our country. Where do cruise ships fit in? They're not essential to the transportation infrastructure. They're not essential to the supply chain. They're just about jobs, most of which are not held by American citizens. So even though Trump has said he may give them a bailout, they're maybe in for a fight in Congress on this. And speaking of that, let's talk about those bailouts. The airlines have asked for $50 billion in bailouts. Well, think about this. Between 2010 and 2019, 96% of the airline's free cash flow didn't go into buying insurance, didn't go back to their employees, it went to stock buybacks for their executives and their shareholders. So you know that if the if Congress is going to do the right thing, the bailouts for the airlines better come with some strings attached that actually benefit consumers. How about for the first time since before deregulation, a true passenger bill of rights? How about reasonable change fees or ticket refunds? We're not seeing that right now. And, and uh, the airlines right now have made all their money on fees that have nothing to do with labor. Think about that too. So they're going to get the bailout. There is no doubt in my mind that's going to happen. The question is how fast it's going to happen, considering all the little, well, the little strings attached that Congress is going to make there. It's going to happen. Wait and see. But remember, earlier this week, a number of the airlines actually wanted to stop all their domestic flying. They just wanted to shut down completely because they're only flying at 20 to 30% load factors, which is not sustainable under any circumstances. And that's what got the government's attention to agree to do the bailout in the first place. So we haven't stopped domestic travel. We might, as more and more cities enact shelter in place. We had, of course, New York and California, and just a few minutes ago, Illinois, other states will follow suit. So no one's gonna fly anywhere. And then we have level four. And you've heard me talk about this before, but it bears talking about again. The State Department changed our State Department advisory scheme about two years ago to go to four different levels. Level one was travel with normal caution. I still have no idea what that means. Level two, travel with increased caution, at which point you're probably not going to travel. Level three means reconsider travel. At this point, you're digging a hole in your backyard. And level four, which is what they did yesterday, a basic blanket Three words, do not travel, applied to every country in the world, meaning no international travel for U.S. citizens. Now, can you still go, assuming you can get on a flight? Yes. But even if you had flight insurance or travel insurance, it would be voided by that level four, because you knew ahead of time you shouldn't go. And of course, as part of that uh, announcement, they announced that any U.S. citizens overseas should make every attempt possible to get back home. Very difficult to do, since the European Union has closed all the borders. That's trains, too. You can't get out. So you have a lot of Americans who might want to come home now who can't get here. And the State Department has not been clear as to how they're going to get them home. Commercial airlines may not be the answer, and I haven't heard about military flights going over yet. And if you remember, during the very first days of the of the coronavirus crisis, when they flew back the first workers from China to the U.S., the State Department chartered a flight, And then charged all those American citizens, I believe, $1,000 a person to just get on a plane in order to be quarantined once they landed here. Not the best deal I've ever heard. So that's another issue that hasn't been dealt with yet. I'm presuming the State Department will provide more clarity about that in the next 24 hours. But for the moment, we're dealing with thousands of American expats. Actually, if you really want to know the truth, 3.2 million American expats living overseas who, even if they wanted to get home, might not be able to. And if they do have to come home, they might have to be quarantined. So hold on to that thought. And then, one of the issues that everybody's complaining about now, and I'll deal with it now as well, and that is what if you're holding a ticket for a flight that you booked weeks ago to go somewhere overseas, or even to go to Indiana? Will the airline give you a refund? Well, the airlines, as you might imagine, are desperate to hold on to their cash, and they don't want to part with any money at all. So, at first, and by the way, they've changed their refund policies four times in the last eight days. Why? They went from draconian to a little bit less draconian to still draconian and we're still draconian. Uh, My advice to you is if you're holding a ticket for a flight that's not leaving in the next week but leaving maybe in the next month, don't try to cancel it or refund it now because I'm gonna wait for those policies to change to where they actually benefit you. So wait on that. Uh, But my advice to you, and I'll I'll repeat this again later, is here's my email, peter at petergreenberg.com. If you call the airline, assuming you can get them on the phone or try to do it online and they want to exact a change fee or a penalty to rebook or they don't want to give you a refund, I want to hear from you, I want the details so I can get out there and help you get that money back or at least give you the rebooking. The model that I like the best is Southwest Airlines. Way before Corona, if you had a flight on Southwest, you had a bona fide reservation and you needed to cancel it. As long as you called them 10 minutes before the flight departed, they'd give you a full credit, put it into your account, and you'd use that money up for a year to fly on any other Southwest flight you wanted to. That, to me, was fair and reasonable. But to charge me a penalty fee for either a rebooking or a cancellation, especially now, is just not only not fair, it's not right. So I want you to think about that. Again, my email is peter at petergreenberg.com, and I'll answer any of your questions, regardless of whether it's about refunds, at that and you'll get back online last but not least let's talk about going forward the future and this is important because the most important thing to know is that we've got you know all these airlines they're not going to be all these airlines when we come back uh, travel agents they're getting beaten up the only thing they're dealing with right now is cancellations and refunds and rebooking they're not getting any revenue the revenue streams have dried up they have evaporated Even the travel agents have asked for about a $7.7 billion bailout just to maintain their liquidity. And you know what? I think they deserve it. They've been doing very hard work. And we need them, by the way. So going forward, remember, we're going to be in this for a while. It's not going to end next week. It's not going to end next month. With all intuitive, uh, (laughs) with my intuition working here, and I don't think I've been wrong before, we'll be traveling again maybe in June, maybe in July. But until then, do like I do. Sit at home and watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. I did very well on Jeopardy last night, by the way. Didn't win any money because I was playing at home. But you get the picture. But now let's talk about perhaps a little bit of good news. And there is a silver lining here. Would you believe that it's been reported by a UN agency that the pollution levels around the world have gone down dramatically, especially over China and Italy? Why? People aren't working. They're at home. The clarity of the air in Beijing is remarkable these days and in many other cities in China. Same thing in Italy. That's the first thing. The second, and isn't it interesting that up until recently, what were the topic A's, B's, and C's? Overtourism, sustainable travel, and the environment? Well, no overtourism right now. The Acropolis is empty. The Louvre is abandoned. Venice is completely, you know, empty. I can mention, 40 or 50 other very famous destinations and cities that are literally ghost towns, not to mention just about 50 blocks from me, Times Square. So there is a silver lining here. We can get back to this in a much more responsible and ethical way when this crisis ends. Uh, Interestingly enough, in Venice right now, not only is the water clarity better than it's ever been in decades, you know what's swimming around the canals right now? Dolphins. They haven't seen dolphins in 30 years in Venice. So there's hope there too. And then finally, another silver lining that I want you to think about. Many of you watching this are members of an airline frequent flyer program. You're probably sitting on a lot of miles that you either haven't redeemed or you couldn't redeem. They wouldn't let you redeem them. Well, guess what? There's tremendous availability. Not right now, because nobody's flying. But when we come out of this crisis, for the first two months as we ramp up, guess what? Tons of availability. And and I saw an operation, uh, a a choice that I haven't seen before on those mileage charts that are still sort of like hanging around on the web. A frequent flyer business class award that would have gone for 135,000 miles will be going for about 57,000 miles. A coach ticket to Europe can be as low as 20,000 miles. Now, I'm not talking about August, September, October. I'm talking about when the crisis is over and people are ramping up the travel over that 60-day period, that's when you can actually use those miles for what they were supposed to be used for. Not a magazine subscription, not a box of chocolates, but to actually get a seat on the plane to go actually where you want to go. So remember that, think strategically, and be ready for that. Not now, but in the next two months, you should start looking around. And then, finally, I want to leave you with this thought. And I'll be back with you on Monday and Tuesday with more updates, but until then, remember this. Fear is something that only complicates your ability to think clearly. And we need clear thinking now. We are desperate for clarity. And if we don't get it from our government, then get it from the people who are actually doing the hard work, the people on the ground. And that's who I talk to every day. So I I implore you to think clearly now. Do not be embraced by, do not be basically suffocated by fear and know that we're all in this together. And, and uh, hopefully, in moments like this and in the moments to come, that clarity of thinking will help us all. So, again, my email is peter at petergreenberg.com. Email me your questions. I'll try to give you very fast and accurate answers. And until then, please stay safe and stay sane. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail.